When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049. The Horn, a legend, now belongs to the ages. We'll discuss it all throughout the show, paying tribute uh, to a great, now a late and great coach, Mike Leach. Also, we'll talk about Texas basketball, uh, them beating Rice last night, overcoming a lot of adversity, showing us a ton of fortitude. Uh, we continue to see more and more from this Texas basketball team. Uh, we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. The Patriots beating the Cardinals uh, to add insult to injury. Literally, uh, the Cardinals uh, go down and Kylo Murray goes down as well. He's going to be out for the season with a torn ACL, uh, the reports say. We'll get into that. NFL news, notes, and nuggets all throughout the show. And yes, the Flex, baby. The all-Flex team. The at least the complete all flex team will be revealed here doing ball don't lie. We got the flex at 3:45. We got flex announcement at the top of the four, top of the five, and top of the six o'clock. And we'll get into all of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. Mike Hartball Hart, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, brother? Top of the chart Tuesday. Top of the hours every time we're breaking down the all-flex team. Rod, you know how important that is for Mm -hmm. a lot of these kids around here. We've been covering them all year. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it is also something that you sit there and you say, I want to strive to be on a team, and this is the team that you want to be a part of because it's the inaugural all flex team 
That means it's going to happen again and again and again. It so will. make sure. But it can only be doing, one first, though. There's only one first. Oh, history, you already know what it's about. History. No but doubt. let me tell you about a man that has been part of history. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate the intro. As always, that's not a waste any time introducing the real MVP of this program. He's also the idea you know, that comes up with uh, great themes like Top of the Charts Tuesday. He's also uh, one of the hardest working members of the air and family. He's got a hustle spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know he's underpaid. Patrick Davis. How you doing, brother? Hey, man. Tuesday, keeping the week rolling along. Oh, uh, yes, Tuesday. Also, shout out to Lou, unofficial mascot also represent today um yeah uh, we got a lot of different things to get into of course uh we will discuss mike leach r.i.p mike leach uh did pass away uh yesterday a lot of reports about him in critical condition not doing well so we will discuss mike leach all throughout the show uh it's fun to talk mike leach (laughs) and uh kind of dedicate a lot of our time to him tributes and if you got mike leach stuff you would like to share please do uh you're talking about a a football uh a revolutionary, a football <clears throat> philosopher, and uh, one of the great minds that I think we've all come across, whether it be football or pop culture. People know Mike Leach, and they don't, they've never even watched a football game. <laughs> right. That's you know, right. that's the kind of personality, dynamic personality you're talking about. So uh, well, lots of shout-outs to Mike Leach all throughout the show. Matter of fact, Rod, around the day, I'm going to do some Mike Leach stuff. Whatever we don't get to all throughout the show, I'll get to it then, too. Uh, hard, send some pieces of sound, so we'll get to some of the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the iconic Mike Leach audio bites. Hey, enough time in the show to get to all of them, so we'll just pick and choose a few and have some fun with that. Uh, Mike Leach always brings a smile to people's face, and uh, so I think he'll do that today, even of course, uh, celebrating his life, but of course, mourning uh, the fact that he passed away and is no longer with us. All right, uh, we'll talk about the Pat, the Patriots beating the Cardinals as well on Monday Night Football. Uh, sad story there as well, especially with Kyler Murray. Whether you're a Kyler Murray fan or not, you don't want to see that. Never. Season ends for him. Never. And uh, that season-ending injury Honestly, Harsh may be the end of Cliff Kingsbury, too. Oh, yeah. I, I said you can see the distress year. on his face yesterday during yeah. the game. Ooh. Not only before mm. Kyler got hurt, but yeah, when man. after Kyler got hurt, you could see, you could see it. that he was like, <sighs> come on, Colt. Save me, Colt. <laughs> Save me, Colt. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, ultimately we'll get into it, but I think Cliffy might be done. I think this is the Very beginning fair. of the end for him. I think I don't know if he'll make it to the end of the season. I suspect that he will, uh, but I don't think he'll be the coach of the Arizona Cardinals next season. Well, they have him till 2027 under just, contract, so that's the, that would be the only it. reason why I, know I would think he would make it through the season. I was going to say, he'll make it through the season. Yeah, and then right, after that. I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, but it, it, my, this is why I, I don't see him turning it around next year either. Right. That's why I think they might make a move, not just see, during the season, like you said, but at least sooner rather than later, unfortunately. Well, uh, I mean, that's the question, though. What's the healing time for Kyler Murray? Is it will he be oh. back for next season or do you just keep keep Cliff Kingsbury because you're like, cool, we're tanking next year anyway because if he's going to miss half the year next season, then we may keep him just because – we're not. We don't want to waste the money it's to bring in a new coach to fail next year. Yeah, but yeah, <clears throat> that's a good point. No, you're right about but that. But I don't know I what don't, the, the timetable time will be. Because if he comes point. back, you know, early season 
or you know even in the preseason, then yeah, you you have to move on. From yeah. Kingsbury. Now you're right about that time, Tell, but that's a great point, Patrick. You can think about that. All well, right, so- also remember this too. We've already said that for Cliff Kingsbury, this is who he's tied to. This is this is the offense that Kyler Murray fits more so than anyone. So your next coach, if you're firing Cliff, how are you going? Because you just signed him to a big contract too. Not only did you sign Cliff, yeah. you also signed Kyler Murray. You married them. You this are an, this yeah. Is an arranged this is marriage. this is an arranged yeah. family yeah. marriage. <laughs> We oh. grew up together. We looked across the river, and that was my girl. And you knew that this was going <laughs> to unite the families. Why you sound no, like you? Well, because like the Hatfield and McCoys. You know what I'm saying? That was the Hatfield and McCoys. That's how that goes down. <laughs> like sound like you yeah. were going to deliver it out there for a minute. Pretty hey, close. Where, where pretty going? close. I was uh, trying to deliver the why. I can tell. To Kyler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury famously has the video where he says, if I was a head coach in the NFL, I would draft Kyler Murray number one overall. He got that opportunity, mm-hmm. foreshadowing, and he, act, he drafted him number one overall. But, yeah, they are compatible. But since we are talking a lot about the air raid today with Mike Leach's passing and Cliff Kingsbury was part of the air raid going mainstream into the NFL, the truth is you can't really find an offense, pro or college these days, a modern offense, without some of those air raid concepts. You bring in the right coach. It may not be a pure air raid offense, but it'll be one that is compatible with Kyler Murray's skill set that can be air raid-ish or esque right. in a lot of ways. Um, hell, that's what I mean. Honestly, Andy Reid did that with the uh, offense for the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, initially. He calls Cliff Kingsbury a genius, by the way. Yeah, that's an Andy. Yeah. that's an Andy Reid quote. He says Cliff Kingsbury is a genius, and I think he may may be an offensive genius, but. You know, now he has more responsibilities as a head coach, and that's a different discussion altogether. Uh, but Arizona, man, one, what are they, one in seven now? Yeah. And home game. And home, home game. This season, second, yeah. second worst record in the NFL behind the Houston Texans. <sighs> Only team that's worse at home right now uh, than the Arizona Cardinals. So that, yeah, it just looks it's bad. Some serious, right? Li- but now, Cole McCoy, since Kyler Murray. And has looks like he's out for the season with that non-contact injury. It's one ACL. Cole McCoy will be the quarterback going forward for the rest of the season. Um, and Cole McCoy last night, he was okay. 20, he was under constant duress. Yeah, twenty-seven to 40, 246 yards and one interception, uh, but six sacks. Uh, the Patriots had against the Cardinals, and uh, they had two takeaways. One, they had a touchdown. They had four fourth down stops. I mean, they had a hell of a day. They allowed just one touchdown. They had a hell of a day against the Cardinals offense, and that's supposed to be the strength of the team. They got a lot of injuries there too, but right now the offense seems, especially without Colt, seems rudderless. I without an identity. Well, I I, I think too, if you you wait a second and. Take a step back and look at what's going to happen. I think next week it'll be a different offense. I think they I don't think Coke was expected to play during this time. I don't think Coke got any reps during this past week. I just feel like, okay, Cliff Kingsbury is sitting there and I keep looking at that face on the sideline when he saw Kyler go down on the third play. Oh yeah. And he was like, My entire game plan that I had today mm-hmm. was surrounded by making sure that Kyler got off today because I saw things in this Arizona, I mean, in this uh, New England defense that we could exploit. Now I got to go over here and draw up some more stuff for a quarterback 
who we've all talked about, he's done, he's got the greatest job in the NFL because he's a backup quarterback, doesn't have to get hit, probably didn't prepare as hard. Now, we know Colt McCoy prepares. You know he's going to go on there and be knowledgeable of what's going on, but he probably wasn't getting any reps during the week. I can believe that. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh. And if I don't, I don't know if y'all remember this, but his second snap when he got in, I kept saying, the center is going to have a problem tonight. The center is going to have a problem tonight because he's so used to snapping the ball to Kyler, who is diminutive in, in snaps and yeah. in, in, uh, in, in, uh, stature. If you look at it, the first three snaps to Colt McCoy, he had to bend. There was no rhythm to him being able to get going. Makes sense. And as a quarterback, you're used to getting it at a certain level where you can see, look around, be quick with your decisions, and as you're going down to the ground to get a snap, it's a little bit difficult for you because of the quick recognition. I mean, I've not played at that level, but I know when I'm consistent with my snap and consistent with the things that I do, it makes it easier for me to do my job. So for him... I knew right away, I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be rough for him. Because the center never really adjusted. If you go back and watch the game, Colt was damn near going to a knee every time he got a snap, which was unfair to him. But I just think that as Colt gets more reps, gets more time, I think he's going to be a lot better and better for Cliff Kingsbury. Now, other than that, just that part of it, they still have been playing bad football. Yeah. Period. Yeah. No, they're just uh, right now, they're just not a good football team, period. And you don't look at, you know, the the offensive line for them right now. I think that in getting kind of adding to your point, um, I think that's their pass protection is one of their biggest issues. Yep. And that was something that you could mitigate with Kyler Murray because he could run so well. Yes, Colt McCoy can move, but he can't move like Kyler Murray can move. No. So, yeah, I do wonder because uh, was it Josh Uchi? I mean, he had a. We had three sacks in <laughs> yeah, that well, game. He was bringing the pain. He actually is tied for the, the, the lead now in the NFL yeah. with 14-and-a-half with Nick Bosa. So Woo. he's he ain't no scrub. He's had 10 sacks since week eight, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable uh, pace that he's on right now. So keep an eye out for him. Uh, and, you know, Mac Jones is th- – that that offense of the Patriots, though, is still not a – in my opinion, it is not an impressive NFL offense. <laughs> it's just rudimentary. It looks like – a defensive coordinator is calling plays Thank for you. the offense, which is what the um, man, the, the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals said. I guess now he may be regretting that now that they lost the game. But he said that too. Uh, Mac Jones, how about this? 12 screen passes in that game. Uh, that was the most in his career, second most in a game in, a, in, in the NFL this year. That's why he was so pissed on the sideline. And you see yeah. that he's been angry a lot in the last few games. And it's because he's looking literally yeah. over there at a defensive coordinator and a special it. teams coach. Uh, Jalen Hurts actually had 14. He has the most this season in a game in week five versus, uh, ironically, uh, versus Arizona. <laughs> they they recognize so, something on the field. I would say, yeah, there's obviously there's something <laughs> going on there. I'd love to see how many yards they got off of those screen passes, though. But uh, there you go. That's the Patriots uh, with a win over Arizona. Now, Patriots, 7-6. and six, Yes. They are now uh, got a chance to catch the Jets and be second place in that division in the uh, in the AFC uh AFC East there. All right, yeah. uh, so let's get back to the Texas basketball conversation, uh, of course, because last night – 
Uh, I think they they really got a lot of Lowhorn fans. You knew it'd be tough for this group because they're going through a lot. They're, they didn't have their head coach because he was suspended. Rodney Terry uh, was announced as the head coach. Uh, and he said he found out two hours before a tip. Um, and he found out at a shoot-around, shoot basically, around, yeah. from CDC that he was going to be the interim head coach. Um, he said he didn't learn about the... You know, Chris Beard's situation until 7 a.m. So it, it was like a, it was everybody a, else. Talk about drinking through a fire hose. I mean, yeah. it was a lot. And uh, at one point, the Rice Owls took advantage. Early on yeah. in the contest, uh, the Rice Owls at one point had a 10-point lead in the first half, gentlemen. Uh, had a 33-29 lead, actually, at halftime. Um, their guards were playing really well. And even in the second half, their guards uh, really carried them. Is it uh, Olivari and Evie? Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys, I think, were 9 of 18 combined in the second half. But uh, talk about a lot of fortitude and a lot of... Uh, you know, a great play by some some Marcus Carr and Sir Jabari Rice down the stretch. Um, those guys really stepped up. Marcus Carr with 28 points. Sir Jabari Rice only had 11 guys, but he had seven of those in the overtime period. Uh, and that was clutch for Texas. And they were able to pull out a tough win uh, for them over Rice in the midst of a lot of um, trial and tribulations for this team. And, you know, the ironic thing about this entire game, not necessarily what was happening as these guys were working through everything to be able to go out there and execute this game because all of the off the field stuff. It was more of the fact that I thought, <clears throat> and I was texting you guys during the game, I thought it seemed like there was more freelancing through the game. There, there didn't seem to be a cohesiveness to the point where the ball movement was where it needed to be. And again, at the end of regulation, there was an opportunity for one Marcus Carr to make an extra pass mm-hmm. to hit somebody else to let them take that shot as opposed to him being the one to either win or lose the game, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I just – and I know we could sit here and look at it and say, all right, he was 9 of 16, 4 of 7, had his best night, 28 points, and I'm, I'm looking at the turnovers and everything that went along with the game. But there was still a moment in the game where I thought it was more ball dominant again instead of the, the unselfish sharing of the ball. Texas had 16 assists total. They also had 15 turnovers. Yeah. So when you're looking at those types of things, and again, they were 2 of 10 in the first half from three. They were 3 of 10 in the second half from three. But you're sitting here and you're looking, and he goes 4 of 7, and everybody's like, oh, he did great. He did great. Look, I'm still looking at the game as a whole. I know. And – he was I'm efficient, not cr- but you're saying the ball, him being such a ball dominant player, is hurting the effectiveness of the offense in its totality. Because what for everybody we, else to get involved. Because we have three guards that can help in this situation. And the development, even though we're in what game nine, hmm. the okay. development of the squad and what okay. the bigger pitcher is supposed to be. So you say now you're not just complaining about this. No, game. this is a pattern. You're, this is a pattern that I've seen for okay. the for the last. Season. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was getting to the point where a point guard is just that. But I don't need a ball-dominant point guard. I'm looking for a guy, yes, can you score? Absolutely. Are you a scorer? Absolutely. Then let somebody else create for you and let that happen. Because if you go back and look at the end of the, ver- of the game 
against Illinois. We had a person in the corner. He takes the last shot. He, he didn't kick the ball. And I'm not being critical of him. I'm just talking about I'm looking at the, the – if, if you're really talking about national championships mm-hmm. and you're looking to build for that, that's what I'm looking at. He had an opportunity to kick the ball to the corner. Didn't do it in New York. And we eventually lose the game. He had an opportunity last night. Serge Jabari Rice standing there with his hands out. Tyrese Hunter standing there with his hands out. And I forget there was somebody else in another corner standing there with their hands out waiting for the ball, and then he's in the lane, and he shoots, and we go to overtime. Now, am I nitpicking? Absolutely. Did we win? For sure. But if you're looking at big picture and you have these three guards that have all led their teams, each one of the ones that we have has been those guys. Yeah. Don't be selfish with the basketball. We know you're considered a scorer. Then you be the person that is sitting in the corner waiting for them to kick the ball. Let those guys create for you and kick the ball. That's my only complaint from last night. We know they were dealing with a lot of stuff off the field. We know everybody's like, oh, it was just rice. Why is everybody celebrating? There was a lot happening to that team yesterday. Oh, yeah. And for them to go out there, and and Patrick and I had talked about it earlier, we were nervous going into the game because Rice is a good basketball team. They beat Texas State, and they shoot, shoot the ball well. That was the fear that I had, is that a team saw a wounded, a team coming in here, <coughs> excuse me, saw a wounded team, and they had an opportunity to take advantage of that. And they almost did. Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. First, I mean, you have to give credit to the fans of this team. Oh, my God. The fans of Texas, that was a very loud building last night. It did not have to be full. It did not have to be loud. A lot of people could have checked out on that, not come to the game, been upset about whatever else. But they rallied behind the team and who was on the court that night. So, I mean, awesome job by the fans because it did make a difference down the stretch. Because really, in reality, the stat, the stat line will not tell you. The turnovers was probably 30 because of the amount of rebounds that bounced off of hands, the amount of you know balls that should have been turnovers on the other way but then just got knocked back into the hands of Rice. That ball bounced the wrong way, and it, the lack of focus, understandable lack of focus, was maximized by 1,000% mm-hmm. and having the fans yeah. down the stretch to just make it so loud that you can't think helped Texas focus a little bit more down the stretch, and that's why when it gets to overtime, they can play a much better form of basketball. But it, it was just, I mean, you would watch plays that these guys have probably made routinely since they were 14 years old mm. of rebounds, and it would come down, and they'd have two hands on it, and it would bounce right off their hands and go back to Rice. And, I mean, just things and, and balls where they're just dribbling down and just the ball falls, just goes away, and Rice picks it up and comes back down. I, it, there's just so many of those plays last night where you just wait and you're like, man, this is when it's when it's raining, it's pouring. Yeah, and they just could not get it going. I, I do agree, Marcus Carr at points needed to go, but this is also a coaching thing. Of this team has not really had set plays at the end of the game. Right. They <laughs> unfortunately were going to call one at the end of regulation when they went back to uh, oh, yeah. during the timeout. They went yep. back to find out that it was yep. actually a shot yep. clock violation that they. The shot clock had accidentally been reset when it should not have been, so Texas did not get the ball. There was no timeout. Correct. The ball went to Rice. Rice gets the last shot of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just – and I mean, and then you throw in the fact that this was the tightest called game 
that Texas has played in where people were getting in foul trouble. There was way more free throw shot than any other game they've been in, so there's no rhythm that way either. It was just so many things happening. And, I mean, you know that these kids, basically from the time they woke up, were on the phone from every person they've ever met in their entire life calling them and texting them, asking them what was happening. Coaches maybe putting feelers out if they're ready to transfer. People trying to steal these. Like, that's from the day they woke, from the time they got up to the time they put their phone down before before they went into silence and put on airplane mode or whatever. It was nonstop. And then you got to go out. Two hours before the game, Rodney goes, all right, I'm coaching. And so we go, okay, what's the game plan? He goes, well, I hadn't made one because that's not my job. Yep. And <laughs> so you have to do all that, put that all together, come back out. Everyone in the arena, the mood is, you know, hey, man, everyone's like, what is happening? None of us have all the facts. None of us have all the info. I mean, the statement, we were already in the building when the time UT put out a statement mm-hmm. that Rodney was coaching. And you just go, and, I mean, we saw Rodney Terry walk out, for, walk out and you could tell he's visibly – just going through a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he's trying to keep his chin up and he's trying to do his thing. Rodney Terry's a great man. So man. I, you know, it was great to see that. So I, there's a lot of things where you just went, man, to get out of there with the W after everything that happened is great. Uh, yeah, there's things you can go back on film and look at, but I think this is one of those games you're probably not looking at too much of the film. And you just go, hey, man, that was one of those games. Every single one of you knows what you did wrong because there was so many plays. And, I mean, you also played against the Rice team that ran a Princeton offense a lot. And we just had a big man that could run back, cut, that could pass the ball really well, and they didn't make that adjustment till late in the game of really pressuring his right hand on passes. Yeah, because he would lean in with his left, so you guard him on the left. He's like six ten, six eleven, and could fling his arm around and get these back cuts. And because he's the big man, and we don't play a big man lineup, there's no one in the paint to block these shots when they got a five eleven guy driving in the bucket who's just speedy. And they were able to get point after point after point doing that. Hmm. And Texas just wasn't able to correct it until finally they were like, overplay him to his right side. He's not shooting. He's not driving. When he's on that three-point line, just really overplay him to his passing arm. And that's when it started to shut that down and when Texas started to come back at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, Rodney Terry says uh, the guys earned a day off, um, so they'll get some time off. They don't have to play again until this weekend, uh, and they're in that uh, – Tournament uh, challenge, the coast to coast challenge, I believe it is, and they're going to end up playing Stanford, I believe, um, this weekend. So they got some time uh, to gather themselves. Coaching staffs got some time to get themselves uh, acclimated to the new situation. Yep. yep. Um, so <clears throat> team still got a ton of talent, man. I mean, uh, you know, adversity is a part of it. That's a part of the season. Yeah. It, no matter what sport you're playing, uh, this is another form for Texas basketball. But uh, they still got the team on the floor, um, so you still need a lot more from the leadership of Texas basketball. So big win for them, 87-81, overtime win over the Rice Isles. We'll come back, uh, some NFL news notes and nuggets on the other side. We'll get into Cowboys uh, signing T.Y. Hilton, uh, Mike Leach uh, passing away as well. So we'll pay homage and tribute to the great coach all throughout the show. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on the Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, wait, hey, hey. 
Welcome back to Bar Down Live right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. This song still jams. And I don't even know when. What are we talking about here? The, the 60s or the 50s? What is Early it? 60s. Early 60s. I'm about to say, yeah, because I'm going to be borderline 50s here. I, I started looking. <laughs> I mean, I started, it got a 50s feel to it all. I start looking at songs in 1960. Yeah. So it charts in 1960s where I start because yeah. 50s, it starts to get to really. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, man. Oh, no, <laughs> dude, and it was, in the 50s, when this came out, dude, this rocked their world. Hey, this was like, what? The, uh, can say, you, can yeah. you name the band? Right, right at the. Oh, ooh. Oh, I oh I probably should know this. This has got a better like, chance to get it than I do. Go ahead. The Staples, Marvis and the Staples. No, that that was that's that's a little bit later than this. Okay. Um, go give it to me. Who is it? This is the Marvelettes. Damn. Oh, that actually should have. I was in the yeah. M's in there. I was, was in the Yeah, I was in the M's. That should have been it. All right, there All you right. go. Top of the charts Tuesday. Always fun. Thanks, to my man Patrick, uh, working hard for us. Uh, all right, um, we'll get into uh, the T.Y. Hilton signing here and a couple of uh, NFL news notes and nuggets, actually. Uh, there are a few things that I want to get to NFL-related. Uh, but first, we didn't get into it in the First segment, but uh, Mike Leach indeed passed away at the age of uh, 61, obviously way too soon, uh, did have an, um, a heart attack is what they said, and then ended up being without medical attention for a while. And they announced it, uh, was it late yesterday, I think it was, okay. it was yeah, official, yeah. late yesterday, uh, became official that Mike Leach indeed, uh, indeed did pass away. So today, obviously, be a lot of Mike uh, Leach tribute, so Specs text line 512-337-3776. My man CB reminded me, and thank you CB, I appreciate it, Rod B, Mike Leach cost you a BCS bowl in 2000. This is true. I remember it. I remember it well. Uh, now I get to brag now about you know having gone up against Mike Leach in that air offense. But yeah, he got the best of me in 2002. Cliff Kingsbury and Wes Welker before anybody knew who the hell oh, Wes exactly. Welker was. Y'all didn't know who Wes Welker was. That might have been Wes Welker's like big coming out party because I mean he had been balling that year, but that was their huge win. I think we were a top five team, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Texas was we were number four. We were like a top five. Like we were on our way to going to a BCS game potentially. And, yeah, you're right about that. Man, we had a lot of guys hurt. I'm not making excuses. I know excuses. I know what they are like, and everybody's got, <laughs> everybody's got one. So I get that. But I'll just throw this out there because I remember this game. Derek Johnson, Marcus Tubbs, Nasty Nate, Nathan Vasher, Kaylin Thornton, all got hurt early in that game. Oh. All ended up with injuries early in that game. And we really never recovered from it and never adjusted well. I'll take the loss. I'll blame myself for the loss. I will. I have done it multiple times. You guys have heard me say it. I was a senior cornerback. I was all Big 12 on the verge of being an All-American. I could have went up to Coach Akina and said, hey, uh, Nathan Vash is out. Um, you know what? Let me, let me just guard Wes Walker. I'll take him wherever he goes. Where man, let me let me be on the West Walker side. Let me take my never did it. Probably should have done it because I believe that he was the difference. I mean, he he balled out in that game. And I'm not Pat, I'm not complimenting myself, but I think they stayed away from your boy, which yeah. made yeah. a little bit of sense. Because especially when Nasty Nate went down, well, why would you go at the, yeah. the, the other the cor- other corner, the first the first team All Big Twelve corner when Nasty Nate, the All American, goes down? No, let's just go at them youngsters, and they did. I was. And then I think they give it up to Mike Leach. I believe he sealed that game on a double pass mm. to the side to the opposite side of me. Actually, 
because uh, I think he knew and he sealed it because uh, those guys' eyes, right? I disciplined yeah, bad yeah, places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they got us. So they did, man. Cost me a BCS game. Uh, the late, great Mike Leach. Shout out. Him and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. We were just talking about it. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Uh, this is how great Mike Leach is, guys. Seriously. So think about the topics we talked about this week. We had a big Baker Mayfield discussion about his big comeback on Monday, on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. That's an air raid quarterback, right? He's, what, three degrees removed, essentially, from right. <laughs> from Mike Leach's uh, coaching tree in the air raid world. Uh, we just talked about Kyler Murray going down, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's one of the air raid quarterbacks, too. Um, earlier this week, we talked about the Heismans, uh, the Heisman finalists and those who won. Three of those four Heisman finalists at quarterback play in an air raid system. They'd be Duggan, Caleb Williams, and yes, Stetson Bennett, because uh, your boy Todd Munkett is an air raid uh, enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an admirer of it. And if you, if you just, it's, it's weird, it's everywhere and nowhere, really. If you just look <laughs> right. up, it's all around you. The, the, the air raid influence is everywhere around you in football. You cannot avoid it. That is the true legacy of Mike Leach and Hell Mummy too. Uh, he's a big uh-huh. part of it, but you can you cannot avoid it because he spread. If 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 air raid is a, a religion, he spread the gospel more than anybody else about the air raid. He is the one that that now has made the air raid a household terminology. No, no doubt. Think about this. His his. His clo- coaching tree. You talk a lot about the coaching trees, right? Mm-hmm. Who is a sprinkle or a disciple yeah. off of a of a clo- coaching tree? For for Leach, it was Pete Thamel tweeted this out today. Lincoln Riley, Dave Aranda, Sonny Cumbie, uh, Dana Hogerson, Seth Luttrell, Art Bryles, Kevin Wilson, Neil Brown, Josh Heupel, Eric Morris, who Eric Morris, who may be oh, yeah. the head coach now at UNT. He was at Incarnate Ward. Yeah, he Incarnate was at Incarnate Ward, Ward yeah. and then he went up to Washington State, and now he, he was the offensive coordinator up there, and now he's supposed Hitting to them be. Hitting air raid places, huh? Yeah, and now he is the person that is finalizing a deal at UNT to replace Seth Luttrell. Wow. Uh, ex- who also is from the air raid. From the air raid. So you got Sonny Dykes, <laughs> yeah. Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. Ruffin McNeil, and as assistants, he had Wells Welker, uh, Brian Bindenbaugh, Robert Renee, Alex Grinch, and Brandon Jones. Those are all people that are disciples of that yeah. tree. And it gets even deeper if you go into right, like right. his former players that have Correct. turned into coaches and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it's, it, it's, it's fascinating. I said, we'll dive into you, but... Just to put a bow on the conversation you just started there on the point you just made about the coaching tree. Remember earlier this week we were talking about uh, Belichick and my theory on why Belichick's coaching tree is terrible because Belichick is too secretive. Right. Belichick is very clandestine. He doesn't share a lot of information, doesn't talk to the media. Mm-hmm. Right. He's one word answers. He's mumbling stuff. Nobody still knows why Malcolm Butler, the starting cornerback, didn't start the game. Not even his defensive coordinators or Tom Brady still keeps a, an amorphous like, collection of plays yeah. in a playbook that nobody has access to. He keeps himself. We're talking about the, the, the architect of like Spygate. Like notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you got access to him. You probably can't understand my... <laughs> uh, my scribbles, but yeah, I, mean, I give you access to it. But he's not an open book. But you look at coaching trees of Bill Walsh, who ha- who spoke at universities and wrote books and was a broadcaster. Uh, you look at Bill P- Parcells' coaching tree. He was a broadcaster, and he was a guy that loved to hold court with the media. 
if you are an open book and if you like to share and communicate, you're, to me, I think the theory is your coaching tree is going to be better. Right. If you're one of those guys like Belichick who doesn't like to share and you don't really like to communicate and you don't like to talk to people, your coaching tree probably is going to suck because the coaching tree is all about being around a coach long enough to be able to siphon information and nuggets and tidbits. Right. And, and, and get as much information as you can. You don't get that from Belichick. He works like the CIA. Everybody knows how to do their job. They never know the why. They never know the purpose. And with Mike Leach, hell, man, you almost get too much information. That's why his coaching tree is great. Hell, right. Mike Leach, he came on with Trey on uh, with Trey uh, books oh, yeah. on pie books multiple on pie. times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody's got a lot of people in the media got stories like that where he was like, no, no. He would give me 15, 20 minutes of his time. I don't know where he got it from, but he would hang out, talk to me about all types of crazy stuff, including football. He's an open book. Yeah. somebody. So, I saw somebody tweet the other day that uh, Mike Leach walked by him and he saw that he had a rugby shirt on and Mike knew everything about that rugby team. And the dude didn't want to talk. Mike didn't want to talk football. football. He, wanted to talk about he wanted to talk about rug- the rugby and had the integral parts of rugby yeah. and how it all made sense. So he's like, just he, one of those guys. He likes man. to share. He yeah. loves to share and he loves to communicate. That's why his coaching tree is great. Yeah. That that's is last coaching tree flourishing. Yeah, I, guys, I agree with you that. You get a ton of information from him. Okay, uh, let's get to the T.Y. Hilton story because we didn't talk about it as much yesterday, but it is big news for uh, the Cowboys fans out there. T.Y. Hilton signing a one-year mercenary deal with the Dallas Cowboys. How about this little nugget? So Odell Beckham Jr. is still out there, and I know people still, Ed Warder said, hey, the Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, option is still open for the Cowboys. It's not done. But Odell visited the Cowboys. We know what happened. He didn't want to work out. They end up signing T.Y. Hilton. Odell Beckham visited the Bills, and yesterday they ended up signing Cole Beasley. <laughs> Again? Out of retirement. What? I swear yeah. I saw that. Yeah, no, I, I did saw not see that. No, it's, I saw it too. And, and that's oh, true. Oh, wow. So what does that say, though, about the Odell visits? That, I, what I've been telling you for the past few days, he's going to the Giants or no one. <laughs> you haven't said that. Because, <laughs> no, because if you want to say everything, all wow. the hype that came out of the, the Odell stuff was all from his camp. And then we saw he had the meetings, and both the Bills and Cowboys were like, oh, he ain't ready to play. We don't really need him. He ain't ready to play. And then they were like, oh, no. And then you get more hype out. But it's just Odell's camp trying to make sure people know, hey, man, we got to get let's, – let's pump out because we, we're, we're trying to get more money. We're trying to get more money. So I'm not faulting them for doing, but you don't see the report. You see the reports from, like, two guys. Yeah. So if it's a real, like, heavy report – you don't get it from just Ed Werder. You get it from 10 reports. Yeah, Cowboys are still. Yeah, and none everybody. of the Cowboys beat yeah. reporters are reporting That's it. That's a great point. Yeah. It's always somebody. It's like, yeah, you know the agent for OBJ who is telling you, Josina hey, Anderson. We're, still, we're still talking yeah. to them. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. of course, you're still talking to him. They ain't talking to you. That is fair, though. I, right now, I think he's down to the Giants. I think that's it. Cause, like, Which is where he apparently he, wanted yeah. to go that's from the beginning. Now, because he, like, if he could have gone and been a wide receiver one or two in Buffalo or in, in Dallas, I'm sure he would have done that. But he knows he can go be a wide receiver one in, in New York starting next year because they don't have any wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. No, I, well, because everybody on that team is hurt. But I, I agree with all the things healthy. that you said. All the things that you said. But here's the other part of it. What did you say yesterday about the New uh, New England, the New York Giants, plateauing? But, yeah, right. In my opinion. So there's nothing that is going to help them except okay, we are kind of leaking oil right now. Let's make a splash higher. Let's make a, a splash signing. 
let's go back and get OBJ because everybody will be excited about it. They, they will be. try to ask all the questions. We may or may not make the playoffs anymore because of the way that we're going. But you know what? We will stay in the limelight and continue to be talked about because Odell has found a home. Oh, and he's reunited, and it feels so good. Yeah, and I don't even know if he'll be able to play this No, year. he won't. Exactly, he but won't. you already said you'll get the you'll free get media, the exactly. free publicity, which uh, actually, yeah. I mean, we know Jerry's in that business, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, if you look, I mean, even we seen Claire Till say anything about Odell Beckham Jr. in a while. No. I mean, is Slayton your number one? Right. Is it Wandale Robinson who's your number one? Win healthy? Win healthy. Like, no. that's what I'm saying. Like, all those OBJ's guys. OBJ's better than all those yeah. guys. And, right. they, and they got a whole he can, he can walk in there and get a three-year deal and be like, look, I'm still valuable in two years to you guys. Because you don't have – even if you draft rookies, they have to then be good enough and get time to get time in. Plus, you know, we want to see, hey, man, let's see in offseason – Daniel Jones work with you a little bit before we decide we want to re-sign him. Oh man, because you got to make the Daniel Jones decision that's coming one, up too. That's, that's one of the downsides of going to New York. The no, Daniel but, Jones hey, decision. but no, but for New York, yeah, you got to make your decision. No, of, I know, but I'm talking about for Odell. Oh, but Odell don't have choices. Remember, I know he's running out of them. Obviously, <laughs> right. Uh, right. all right. We'll come back. We got the all flex come announcements on, that start up next segment. Here he comes, folks. Uh, so tune in. We'll be doing it all day long, but we'll start it up next segment right here on Ball Don't Lie, one on the Horn. I love the colorful clothes she wears And the way the sunlight plays upon her head I hear the sound of a gentle On the wind that lifts her perfume through the air Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday. We play jams. I reach the top of the Billboard's charts on this day in history. And my man Patrick keeps knocking it out of the park uh, with Top of the Charts Tuesday. Great job. Time for us to get into our flex segment here. Flex segment um, actually will be the announcement of our all Flex offense. Um, we're actually going to get into the offensive linemen here. We'll give you our all flex uh, offensive line. We're going to do next segment. We'll get into wide receivers. Top of the four o'clock. Top of the five o'clock. We're going to do running backs. Top of the six o'clock. Six o five. We'll do our all flex QB. All right. That's oh, how we do yeah. it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Let's uh, get into it right now because I not waste any time. Yeah. All right. Oh, do we need some flex music? We need flex music. We need some flex. Yeah, let's get a little flex music, music going, man. These, these young right. these young people deserve the uh, the all flex the flex treatment. There the it full, is the full flex. The, the full Monty, as you like to say, right? <laughs> the full flex here. All right. I'm not Snoop, so I can't bring the energy like Snoop, but we can at least get yeah. the music. Yeah. All right. So our all flex line, the center. Uh, is uh, Jackson Harrison from Liberty Hill. And we all know that uh, the Slot T Mafia, as they like to call it. I like that name. That's that's probably what I like that one. I I actually want, uh, I I think they got T-shirts and hats. They need to make them up. No, I think they got T-shirts and hats and everything. I I really do. I I want one of those, a Slot T Mafia. Okay, Uh, okay. Jackson Harrison, he makes it. Uh, Offensive uh, tackle Ian Reed also makes it as one of our offensive linemen for our all-flex team. Uh, Ian Reed, I was out of Vandergriff, Vandergriff still. Playing right now, so uh, they still got a lot.
lot to play for. Uh, he's a Clemson commit, and I've, I've heard that he is a hardcore Clemson commit. Ain't no wavering for this young man. 6'6", 315. He is huge. Uh, four-star recruits, uh, one of the best uh, offensive linemen in the country. Uh, at uh, Also offensive tackle, Tyler Nape. Is it Nape or Nap? Nape. Nape. All right. Yep. Tyler Nape makes it. 6'4", 275, out of Westlake. All right. Uh, the Chaps just uh, went down in the playoffs, so uh, their season now over. But a big part of their success uh, was their offensive line, and Taylor Nape led the way. 6'4", 275, the offensive tackle. Congratulations to him. Uh, Jaden Chapman, one of the best offensive linemen in the country, actually. Four-star recruit, interior offensive lineman. Uh, he makes, out of Harker Heights, he makes it uh, 6'4", 300 pounds. He's an interior offensive lineman. Uh, he's got offers from all over the place. Got offers from Texas, Bama, LSU, OU, A&M, Baylor, U of H, you name it. Everybody wants Two, to show that. Two, five, four. <laughs> right. yeah. There you go. Exactly. I've been always got to represent. Uh, and the, uh, our last offensive lineman for our all-flex team, Hudson Steelwell of Liberty Hill. Yeah, that slot T mafia still representing. Uh, so they have two offensive linemen on our all-flex team. It'll be That's Hudson Steelwell. They run, I mean, they can run it. They yeah. really can. That's, uh, I mean, they. Well, how many passes attempts they had? They what did we say? 20. It was like 20 or something <laughs> like that for the whole season. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to pound the rock. Yeah. All right, uh, it, so uh, to summarize here, to sum it up, the center, Jackson Harrison out of Liberty Hill. Uh, offensive lineman, Ian Reed out of Vandergrift. Uh, offensive lineman, Taylor Nape out of Westlake. Offensive lineman, Jaden Chapman out of Harker Heights. And offensive lineman, Hudson Steelware out of Liberty Hill. That make up the offensive line of our all-flex team. Congratulations, gentlemen. Um, and, man, I got to tell you, I, that, that group can block for me any day. Oh. Be my Already. fortress of so- fortress of solitude and safety there uh, like in it. the pocket. So a great group there. Uh, it was a really tough decision too. I mean, you have so many great players uh, in the Central Texas area. That's what makes this All Flex team so special, but also makes it really, really tough and challenging. Uh, so we'll get into this again coming up in the next segment. We'll do top of the four o'clock. We'll get into the receivers. We'll also uh, someone said Liberty Hill 180 passing yards this season. Yeah, locked in, <laughs> dialed in. Yeah, they want to pound the rock. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll review all of the all-flex choices that have been released so far because we've been doing this all day. Uh, B&E. B&E had me on, as a matter of fact. Buccaneer had me on to talk about the DBs. Uh, we'll review that group. Also review all the defensive choices and selections, all the special teams choices and selections that were revealed on Light the Tower earlier today and on Chad and Zay. And then we'll uh, reveal the wide receivers as well. Uh, and then, of course, we'll continue our Mike Leach tribute all throughout the day. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.